if you if somebody hits uh, 2100 total in the SPF or the RPS or the APF or the IPA or whatever, could be could be legit as fuck. Could have clean fucking lifts because that guy actually walks with his head high and has or that lady walks with their head high and has integrity. Or you could have your best friends in the judge's chair and it, and all your lifts could look like dog shit. Welcome to the Bar Bend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barbend.com. Today, I'm talking to elite powerlifter Joe Sullivan. Joe has made his mark as one of the best powerlifters competing today and he's lifted as a 198, 220, and 242-pound lifter. He's also a prolific coach and is never shy in giving his thoughts on how to improve the sport of powerlifting for lifters and fans alike. In our conversation, we chat powerlifting federations, lifting standards, and the scary equipment failure that turned Joe's squatting into a viral social media sensation. Also, I just want to say, we're incredibly thankful that you listen to this podcast. So if you haven't already, be sure to leave a rating and review of the Barbend podcast in your app of choice. Now let's get into it. Joe Sullivan, thanks so much for joining us today. One thing we were talking about before we began recording was the fact that you're coming back from a sinus infection. And I'm very curious, as an elite level power lifter, how illness impacts your training. Is it something you work to train through or do you just take time completely off if you're sick? Well, it really, it really depends on like where you're at in your training cycle, because I kind of got hit. I kind of got hit at the worst possible moment because I'm less than two weeks out right now. And I got sick about a week ago. So there wasn't really um, the option to basically like just, oh, I'm going to take a week and a half off uh, because then it would just sort of destroy any, any purpose of the peak that I was in the process of. But I basically just went to an urgent care as quickly as possible, hopped on antibiotics and just kind of bumble fucked my way through uh, the training just because like I felt I felt really bad and I had to move it around. Obviously, like I was supposed to I, I was flying to Boston for Thanksgiving and I was supposed to bench that day. But I basically was just like, fuck that. I'm not doing this. And I just I put like a gap time between getting sick and training next. So I put it off until Thursday, but then I fit all my stuff in and I was just hammering Dayquil, hammering uh, the antibiotic and I'm still not feeling all that great. But you know, like if you're far away from a meet, don't be an asshole. Don't go to the gym. Don't get everybody sick. And, and you'll just feel better if you sit and hydrate and just chill. But if you're close to a meet and it's one of those uh, instances of like, do as I say, not as I do, if you're close and if you can't really afford to miss stuff, then just kind of blast some Afrin, take some antibiotics and suck it up. <laughs> uh, and just just a, a disclaimer, Joe, as, as far as I know, is not a is not a certified medical doctor. So this no, is all. <laughs> no, not, not at all. Like, so this is not this is not medical advice. This is meathead advice. This is just kind of. If you got to get it in, do what you can. But 
also go to the doctor, also get on antibiotics and run the full course. Don't fucking help the world end by plague anytime soon. Super bugs and whatever the fuck else there's going on. I, I love what you said about getting sick early on in, in a peaking cycle or in your training. Don't be an asshole. Don't don't bring that sickness into the gym when you're training yeah, around. Uh, yeah, when you're training around other people. What are some other components of gym etiquette and training etiquette that you wish people would abide by in order to not be assholes in training? Oh, dude, like I lose my fucking mind over this shit. And I, I talk so much shit about this because I think the people that like don't re-rack their weights or don't just put stuff away that they get out because my mom and dad raised me to put stuff back where you found it and leave things better than when you when you got there. So when I go into gyms and I see the fucking two boards all over the place, weights not unracked or weights not unracked and everybody loves to put like the hundreds on fucking leg presses and then leave them there and then who else uses leg presses a lot like a hundred pound fucking girls what are they supposed to do when they have to bicep curl their body weight because because some lanky tall fuck left on there not thinking because they're like well it's on a rack it's not a big deal like pick up after yourself because if you don't pick up after yourself i assume that you don't know how to wipe your own ass or you don't brush your teeth every day and I think that you're a piece of shit. So just pick, like, pick up after yourself. That's the biggest thing. Like, just just have some level of consideration for other humans. Because like, I'm I know I'm one of I'm like one of the strongest guys in whatever gym that I go to. But that doesn't mean that I can do whatever I want. Like, we all pay the same amount of money for a membership. No matter where you're at, we all pay the same amount of money for a day pass. That means we're fucking equals. Not like that's that goes even further to say like we're just fucking equals as humans, but that's just on from a consumer standpoint, we are all just fucking customers. So it doesn't make you any better than anybody else. So just pick up after yourself and have some fucking common decency for your other human uh, people that par- share the fucking space with you. Nothing has ever annoyed me more than stubbing my toe on a big, thick metal plate that someone left out that I wasn't expecting to be where it was. I don't know if you've ever, yep. like the level of fury, if you're going in for a squat session or doing some sort of lifting and you stub your toe and your training is impacted because someone left a dumbbell or a plate out, that's just like a different level of anger that I, I had never experienced before. It's like way up there. Yeah, just because it's like that anger that's like this this shouldn't have happened. Like there was no reason for this to occur. And like, I, I, I've been there too. And it's dumbbells are like at, at this one gym that I go to, uh, cause I, I go to a couple of different spots in Columbus, uh, but it's really jam packed. It's like great for body, but like, like accessory days, like go in, get a pump, like actually isolate the muscle because they're a hammer strength sponsored gym. So they have all the hammer strength, ISO equipment, which is fantastic. Yeah, it's great. It's hard. To, it's hard to find that full range too. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh my god, dude! It's it's fa- it's fantastic. It's awesome. But the problem with it is they're they probably have half the space than what they actually need. And people there, because I'm not generalizing, I'm not, I'm not being an asshole. But like sometimes bodybuilders think, or, or it seems to be that bodybuilders think it's okay to leave one plate on machines. Just because, like, it, the whole thing, like, oh, you leave one plate on the deadlift bar because you know, everybody starts at 135. But that, that's not always the case. And it's not always the case with machines. 
but people will do that. And I ha- there have been so many times where I will be walking and I'll just like clip my elbow on one of the plates or like just not not see it and just walk into it. And I'm just and, and no, either nobody else is in the gym or there's no business for it to be loaded. And I'm just like, God fucking damn it. I'm going to Frisbee this through a fucking window. <laughs> I, I also hate the deadlift start at 135. This, this might get me in trouble in the lifting community. The deadlift start at 135. I've seen world record holders could be in the sport of weightlifting, warming up on cleans uh, and snatches could be in the sport of powerlifting, warming up deadlifts. People grease the groove with an empty barbell all the time. Elite level lifters, mm-hmm. and it's not even just—it's not even just that. Like, okay, yes, like maybe you leave uh, uh, some weights on the leg press because most people can leg press, you know, ninety-five pounds, two forty-five pound plates on the sled. But mm-hmm. I've had some knee injuries, and I've had to do rehab utilizing a leg press, and I don't want any weight on it. I'm just trying to get some movement in, right? So it's not yep. just like, oh, if you're not strong enough to do this, you, you shouldn't be on the equipment. What if you're doing rehab? What if you're a very good lifter? Not that, not that I ever was, but what if you're a very good lifter just working on movement patterning? You know, it, it matters. People use this stuff, and they don't necessarily use it at max loads. And that's the thing. It's people don't have any consideration for their fellow humans anymore. And it makes me lose my goddamn mind because people just don't think. And they're like, well, you know, like everybody's got to do this. Like everybody does. And it's like, what if this motherfucker comes in and they don't have a leg, but they want a deadlift? Are you going to tell him like, oh, start at 135? No, fuck you and shut the fuck up. (laughs) Put your goddamn plates away. It's just like it's fucking easier and it avoids an argument. So just put your fucking shit away. I, I do have one question, and this is about um, equipment consideration and utilizing equipment and um, <laughs> understanding understanding the space. So you're you, you're very strong. That's that's what we're talking today. That's why you're known in the sport of powerlifting. Besides your sterling personality and movie star good looks, um, thank you. Uh, you know, no, no no exaggeration on anything. Um, right, but. You, when you walk into a gym, especially if you're traveling, you're going to be one of the strongest guys in the gym at this point in your mm-hmm. career. Awesome. That's great. But you're also going to have weight requirements above and beyond what many people are using. Even if you're going to like a, if, even if you're going to like 80% on back squats, right? You're going to be loading more weight on that barbell than probably anyone else in the gym has loaded that week. Do you, mm-hmm. do you have to like give gym owners, a heads up. Do you, you know, what are some things you do as a very strong elite level power lifter to be considerate of equipment, noting that you might be loading six plates on a, on the side of a barbell, which is something that equipment is probably not used for on a regular basis. Well, generally, and I've, I've done different things in the past, but generally I will, if I know that I'm traveling somewhere, I will, because training is a very big deal for me, I will sort of scope out the area before I'm training. And I'm, I'm, I'm a very, in terms of like planning and locations and stuff, I'm a very type A personality guy. Like I will, if I'm, if I'm traveling uh, home uh, to my parents' house, which is in Michigan, I will be like, okay, I am going and letting them know I'm going to train this day at this place. It's going to be like an hour drive. So I'm going to allocate like four hours for this. I, this is what I have to do. And it's just kind of like, just, just planning, you know, proper, proper planning helps performance, whatever the fuck that alliteration saying is. Uh, but, but, I will reach out. I'll, I'll reach out to the gym. I'll just sort of scope out the gym and see whether or not it's like powerlifting oriented. Um, 
And I did that in the past. And I don't know, I kind of thought this might be why you were bringing it up because of, uh, are you familiar with the bar bending in- incident? Oh, of, of co- I was going to get to that. You're, you're, yeah, you're two okay. steps ahead so, of me. The bar bending incident, incident. We've all seen that. I, uh, and I did all the, I did all things that I had stated. I contacted the gym, made sure that they had the proper equipment. But when I got to that gym, somebody was the individual owner of the squat bars and the deadlift bars and had previous had previously or shortly before I got there ended their gym membership and took all of their bars with them. So then I asked the manager or uh, whomever it was like the employee that was there. I was like, am I going to be okay using this barbell to squat with? And he told me, yes, I would be, but I loaded up the weight and we've all seen the video and the bar failed. So I will do everything that I said, like traveling. I will still prioritize training. I'll still reach out to the gym, make sure they have what I need. But I will generally like throw, because I own some barbells uh, just through my like years of training, I've purchased barbells just to have. Uh, so I will throw a Kabuki squat bar in my car. Uh, or a duffalo bar uh, because I own both of them. And if I need to get my training in and I have to use one of them, I would rather just rely on myself than have to count on a gym to have one because I thought that gym would have one, but then I got there and they didn't. And then it almost ended up killing me. So, well, for, for those who might not be familiar with this this video, and by the way, it's kind of it's kind of fitting that we're talking about this bar bending incident on the Bar Bend podcast. It's yeah. it's a pretty famous video on powerlifting. You're squatting. I don't even know how much weight, but give us the rundown. Basically, the bar starts bending massively in the middle of a back squat. You're able to come out of it alive and like salvage, not just salvage the lift, but you know, come uh, come away from it uninjured after this massive equipment failure. And we'll actually embed the video of this in uh, the podcast listing on barbend.com. But give us a rundown of exactly what happened for those who might not be familiar with that video. So basically I was in, uh, I think it was Huntington, West Virginia or Charleston, West Virginia. I don't know, but I was there to coach at a powerlifting meet and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go get my training in. I was in prep for the 2018 U S open. I believe it was. And I had to work up to, I think I was supposed to do two triples in sleeves at 695 or 705. I can't remember, but, um, I was loading the weights. I hit, 585 and it moved okay there was appreciable bar whip but it wasn't anything outside the realm of normal uh that i had experienced like squatting on an la fitness bar or anything like that it was it was just pretty whippy but i'm like okay this is what i have to deal with today then i load 675 on the bar and as i walk the weight out i feel it whip and i'm like okay it's whipping pretty bad this is gonna be kind of weird I squat down and I come up and as I'm coming up, I basically in my head, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Why does this feel so heavy? Cause it felt horrible. Cause you and were I'm moving like, up, I'm, you were moving up and the weight wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a point in the video where I'm sort of extending my legs. My body is being extended, but then the weight is lowering to my side. So it was like, it 
I, I don't even know what you would call that like physical sensation, but it was one of, it was one of the worst feelings in the world. Like it, it was, it was accommodating resistance times a thousand essentially. And I basically just bring it up and I'm like, well, that was a dog shit rep. I don't know what the fuck happened. And I, I can tell that the bar is whipping like hard, but I'm like, I just, I'm, I'm calling it at one, like today's going to be a fucking back down day. Like I can't, I'm not going to be able to do this shit. And I rack one side and then I look over to the other side and the weight is actually at my hip. <laughs> it's, it's just like, the bar's like bent at, my, at like a 45 degree it, angle. Yeah. It, it basically turned into a, a pyramid and like a, just a, a triangle of a bar. And like the angle, the angle was so sharp as I was looking down at it, I was like, what the hell am I going to do? Because I, I wanted to rack the weight and I got the one side racked, but then the opposite, I'm just like, I, there's no way. Cause I was going to have to like shoulder press it off me. And there was no way that that was happening. So I basically just stand there and I swear a little bit. And then I just kind of jump out from underneath it. And like, I, it looks like I've, sort of punch my way out of it because I just I didn't know what else to do and then the weights fell and the bar is bent like crazy and it's just I I was like well fuck you know that's that's a wash of a day and that's gonna be one hell of a video and then I watched it and I was like wow that's that was something else so what ended that up, was it what ended know? up happening like what was the gym's reaction I mean <laughs> you know was there anyone uh, around at the time uh, there was only that one other employee and this gym actually doesn't like me at all because, uh, they, there was a thing on Facebook. I'm not going to name the gym because everybody knows who it is. It's not easy or it's not hard to figure out who they are, but they basically called me a liar on Facebook and said that I willingly used that bar and chose not to use a Texas squat bar, uh, that they had in the gym. And I was like, well, uh, or the gym owner said like, what are you calling my manager a liar? Because I said in this Facebook comment thread, because I didn't even think anything of it. I didn't badmouth this gym. I didn't say like, it's a fine gym. It just didn't have the equipment that I thought it would had have. I really don't give a fuck any further than that. Like it wasn't their fault. It wasn't my fault. It was just kind of a shitty thing that happened. But I said that this manager or the employee said that I'd be cool on this bar, which is what he did. And I used it and it bent. But then on a Facebook thread randomly, like elite FTS posted this video and they said that I was a liar and that like I hadn't, I, I chose to use this barbell rather than a Texas squat bar that they had. And somebody linked the comment thread to me. And I'm like, um, no, I didn't. Uh, why would a power lifter with like at the time, uh, nine years or like nine or 10 years of experience choose to use an inferior barbell when he knows that he is competing with a Texas squat bar. That doesn't make much sense. The logic doesn't follow. So I'm not saying that your employee is a liar, but I'm saying he's misremembering. And I said all this in a very professional manner because I that's how I operate on the internet because I know everything gets screenshotted and we all get talked about when we don't want to be and then the owner called me a piece of shit and a liar and I was like and uh okay we're done here because that basically just 
that basically just shows their character. And I'm just like, well, all right, I'm, I'm out. So guess I'm just not going to go to that gym if I'm ever in West Virginia again. <laughs> Don't you just love the warm, fuzzy feelings that the strength community gives you sometimes? It's just, Man, I'm like, I'm like d- did you people not get fucking hugged as children <laughs> or like, what the fuck is going on? Like my, I didn't even like my parents are fantastic, but like my dad was scared the fuck out of me when I was a kid too. Like he, fu- he put the fear of fucking God in me. And so did my grandfather. Like he, he had fucking hands like catcher catcher's mitts and he fucking hit me and I would fu- I, I'd fly across the fucking room. But it's like, I don't understand. Why does everybody got to be so angry? Why can't we have fucking conversations? Like I can hate like Dave, if, if we were sitting having a conversation, I could disagree with every goddamn word that you were saying. Or I, I could say like, man, you're fucking stupid. Like, like these, these this are, is these dumb. are both true things, by the way. These are both true things. But, same for me though. I'm, I'm a fucking idiot, but the difference between that and like other people is that having the fucking capacity to sit down and have a fucking conversation about it. That's where you make change. That's how you get better. But then everybody in this fucking sport or in this society or whatever the fuck it is, they're all like, no, fuck you. Like you're if, like, you, you're, you're disagreeing with me. So you're attacking me. Fuck you. Like, I don't want, I can't, I'm not going to fucking listen to this. And they lose their fucking minds and everybody gets blocked and it's all fucking stupid. Besides this attitude, besides the, the negativity on <laughs> online, <laughs> online. And actually this is, this is something that uh, Barbens fitness editor, Jake Bowley, who's a competitive power lifter. And I have talked about on the Barband podcast is about just the like negativity in and trolling in social media in strength sports, not just powerlifting, but weightlifting, strongman, CrossFit. Okay. Besides mm-hmm. that, if there's one thing you could change about the sport of powerlifting in the United States, what might it be? Unification of lifting and lifting standards. Um, with the recent, uh, with the recent stuff going on in like untested powerlifting because there there's tested powerlifting and there's untested powerlifting tested powerlifting is usapl it is 90 90 usapl powerlifting there's been uh people leaving just because of like politico drama bullshit whatever but most of the individuals who compete drug tested will compete usapl because it is the largest pool of competitors and it is the most professional of competitions where it is closest resembling an actual sport so that's why people go there i say unification because then we look at untested powerlifting and it is a fucking just a broken splintered whatever it's gotten better in the past years because the USPA is actually starting to pay their top athletes. They're paying for trips to worlds based on Wilk scores, uh, which is huge. It's pulling more people towards it, but uh, there are still competitions where judging is lax, uh, where it's, it's just different from, there is no standardized method of powerlifting. It's walked out, mono, two meter wraps, 2.5 meter wraps, three meter wraps, no limit on wrap length, uh, toes up benching, head up benching, uh, sinking, like no start command, uh, fast press commands, uh, the judging on deadlift, the judging on everything, the judging on depth on squat. There is no uniformity and there is no real standard. Uh, so a big thing that I would wish would change 
would be some level of unification like the USAPL has because it is a monopoly and I fucking hate the USAPL because of some of the just capitalistic like consumerism fucking money hungry type stuff that they do. But you kind of have to think if something ever gets that big, it's the whole too big to fail motto or mindset. If every if something gets that big and pulls in that much revenue, that's generally how shit goes. The bigger a corporation gets, the more money that they pull in and the more money that they pull in, the more money they need to pull in to survive because their actions increase tenfold or whatever the fuck. But I just wish that some something similar would happen in untested powerlifting. I am pretty much exclusively competing at, in USPA and other larger uh, invitational style meets that don't really have federation loyalty because I think right now the USPA is the best option for professionalism and consistency and actually rewarding and caring about their lifters. And I kind of want to just like, I, I say lift to your own standards. Absolutely. Like just, just actually have some semblance of integrity and you'll be pretty okay. But I just know, like, if I hit if I hit a twenty one hundred total in the USBA, that's a legit as fuck twenty one hundred total. Mm-hmm. If you if somebody hits a twenty one hundred total in the SPF or the RPS or the APF or the IPA or whatever, could be could be legit as fuck. Could have clean fucking lifts because that guy actually walks with his head high and has, or that lady walks with their head high and has integrity. Or you could have your best friends in the judge's chair and, it, and all your lifts could look like dog shit. You don't really know, you know, and that it's a good thing about the Internet because then we can watch that stuff. But that's not always guaranteed or either. And I would just rather have this sport be an actual sport mm-hmm. as opposed to just a Internet hobby that we like to post on the Internet for validation. When you talk about lifting to your own standards, you personally, and this is, you know, something that is everyone has opinions that I'd say evolve over time, but you've been in the sport for about a decade now, if not a little longer, what are the standards that you aim for on your lifts? Just squat squats to depth, locked, locking your knees out, like just making it look clean, you know? And I understand, I understand that, uh, like I, I, t- I tend to think in terms of the tie goes to the runner. So like the tie goes to the lifter. If the judge is unsure, give it to the lifter. But also that's putting the, the, the onus and responsibility on the judge themselves. They need to be familiar with the rule book. Depth is not ambiguous. Almost every rule book has the same definition of depth out there. And people are always like, Oh, hip crease, hip crease, hip crease, hip crease. You can't, you can't see the hip crease. You need to see the hip crease. It's about the hip crease. Show me a goddamn rule book that fucking talks about the hip crease. There's, there's one or two, maybe what the fucking verbiage is. It is the top of the quad at the hip must be lower than the top of the quad at the knee. That is breaking parallel. That is the definition of parallel. And that is deeper than a lot of people fucking think. And that sucks because it makes squats fucking harder. But guess what? If you're lifting in a fucking organization that has a rule book, 
you fucking follow the goddamn rules because that's what you signed up for. And it's just make your shit clean. Like, I just don't I, I don't understand. I just I don't know. I don't understand how people can feel good about some of the shit that they get white lights on. Cause I'm, I don't know if that makes me like conceited or have a big ego. Cause I, I'm both of those things. I'm fucking sure. But <laughs> it's just, it, it's like, have some fucking pride, like have some integrity and respect for yourself. Because if my, like, if I fuck, if I, if some of my squats looked like the squats that passed in a, a couple of weeks ago, I'd, I'd be fucking ashamed of myself, man. I wouldn't want to post that shit. And even if I did post that shit, because I'm a competitor, I don't know if I would be like, oh, oh, it was a bad lift. Like, give me reds, like disqualify me. I don't know if I would do that, but I don't put myself in that position because I'm not going to go to those fucking meets where it's fucking lacks judging. Joe, who in the sport of powerlifting? Let's keep it to the, well. We can we can we can say international. It doesn't have to just be U.S. Who in the sport of powerlifting these days? Do you as as a fan and competitor? Do you really enjoy watching on the platform? Uh, so I can go international. You can go. You can go international. I was going to say domestic, but but like go international. Powerlifting is an international sport. You're competing internationally. Like go international. I mean, I can, I can do both. Like it just because I, um, internationally speaking, I always like, I just, I always pay attention to Yuri, obviously Yuri Belkin, because he is the gold standard of 220 lifting, like 220, 230, 240 pounds, like guys, he is the gold standard. He is the goat right now. Um, and it's amazing to watch. And it's just kind of, I don't want to say you never know what you're going to get with him, but it's just, he doesn't, he doesn't upload his training to social media. He stays very quiet and he's just like, he could walk into a competition and hit go three for nine and not have a great day w- one month. And then a month and a half later, he could go eight for nine and total 2,300 at 220. You know, it's, it's fun to watch and it's, it's just, it's very, it's very exciting because I don't want to say that it's unpredictable, but it is kind it's just kind of nebulous because he doesn't post a lot about it on social media. And you always know that he is going to go where he needs to go and hit what he needs to hit to win. So it's always fun watching him. Um, plus I, I want to, I, I, I still chase him because it's like the I still remember I have like I wake up fucking sweating in the middle of the night uh, from to uh, having memories of 2017 when I, I I could have beat him. I was the one guy I was the one guy that could have done it. I fucking got 804 above my knees and then my hands opened up. And if I would have hit that, I would have won. He's your boogeyman. He's your he's your boogeyman. Yes, he is. He's fucking Baba Yaga or whatever the fuck it is. John Wick reference there. That's what I was going for. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) um, Yeah, Yuri Yuri's a blast to watch. It's it's always incredible. Um, And then domestic. I mean, like there's there's just a lot of great lifting going on right now. Really, like powerlifting is fun. It's really really fun to be a part of right now. And there's just some really amazing lifters out there. And I'm. I'm get like this. This is my level of cheesiness, but like domestic, it's just I. I love watching 
any, really anybody like ha, anybody that reacts like emotionally to anything. That's like my favorite thing in the world because I'm, I'm, I've always been a very like empathic person. So if somebody like locks out a deadlift and hits a PR and they like start smiling or like jumping up and down and they're happy or whatever, they just have that relieved look on their face. And then somebody runs off and like hum, hugs them. I'm just like, this is literally the greatest thing in the world. Like, like if, if I could like melt that feeling down and inject it into my veins, I would do it. And that's probably what heroin is, but like, don't do heroin. So <laughs> sage, sage advice from, from powerlifter <laughs> Joe Sullivan. <laughs> All right. Heading into 2020, because we're recording this at the end of 2019. This podcast might not go live until 2020. Who do you think, this is my last kind of question in this realm. Who do you think is one of the most underrated and unwatched powerlifters heading into this next year? Underrated and underwatched. Uh, mm, trying to think, trying to think. Um, two people. And this is just off the top of my head, so nobody get offended. I don't know. Um, but, and I'm only saying this because I, I've, I've, comp- I've been in close proximity to both of them. But Matt Som- Somer, he is... He's planning on doing the uh, the showdown meet, which is the new tribute. It's all sleeves. I saw him compete at uh, the North American Championships in uh, in Vegas a couple of weeks ago. He hit, I believe, he hit like a twenty two hundred total in sleeves, or just just something something crazy at two seventy five. And he's knocking on the door of the all time squat record in sleeves that's held currently by Dennis Cornelius, I think. Um, He's an incredible lifter. Like just seeing him lift in person was insane because he missed his second, like his second squat buried him. He got out of the groove and it just like it, it, it dunked his ass. And I was like, there's no, there's no way, no way he's going to come back and get it. And he put like, I think, I think he called the same way or even went up slightly. I don't know, but I was like, there's no fucking way that he's doing this. And he goes out there and he fucking smokes it. It moves faster than his opener. And I'm like, that was disgusting. It like, he's just got this second gear that like he can turn on when he needs to. And I think if he were to able, be able to like develop that a little bit further or sort of focus it, the, the dude would be unstoppable. I want to, I want to call him a kid, but I think he's like 24 or 25. He's not that much younger than I am, but yeah, like Matt is fun to watch. It, it's fun to watch. I hope I get to share the platform with him uh, at that showdown meet. And secondly, uh, Chad Penson, because uh, he's I, he he's just he's just crazy. He's crazy strong, really. Like he, I think he hit a two thousand pound total at one ninety eight at uh, Boss of Bosses, and I don't think he's showing any signs of stopping. Like he is a. He, he's he's a house, you know, he's like two inches shorter than I am and about as wide, you know, at 198. It's he is he's got a strong squat. He's got a strong bench. He's got a strong deadlift. And I don't really know the dude, but just seeing his lifting and seeing him grind out uh, his last deadlift at boss of bosses, I, you can just you can tell with some people you see and like it, it's just kind of like they. They, they, they're wired a little bit differently or they got something else going on. He know? has, he has that it factor that you need to do yeah. something insane like this. Yeah, ba- basically. And that, that's the whole thing with Matt. Like he has that second gear, you know, that he can just turn on when he needs to. And it's just like, if you can tap into that and like use it willingly when you want to, that's, that's a scary thing to be good at. 
Joe, where is the best place for folks to follow along with your training and your competitions? Uh, on probably on my Instagram, uh, which is Joe Sullivan Powerlifter. I'm I'm not creative. Uh, it's very simple. Uh, I also keep a training log on EliteFTS.com under the athlete. athlete training log section uh, because I'm a sponsored athlete by them. I I upload basically just everything that I do in the gym. Uh, And just because I've been, I've been uploading less of my training on Instagram. I've been using it more for like educational purposes and my own coaching just because I, I enjoy doing that. Like I I feel like I get more fulfillment out of that than I do my own training or like posting my own training. Uh, But that I, I actually just built, had a website built for me. It's called Joe Sullivan powerlifting.com. So if you are interested in my coaching or contacting me, that's the way to go. Uh, And I'm also probably going to get a training log up on there, but I don't know how to do that with the whole logistics of it yet, but I will figure it out. So it's 2019. I'll have it done by 2020. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Joe, thanks so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure chatting. Hey, thanks, David. I appreciate you guys having me. 